Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow. I am Lindsay Wilson, and today we're talking about season one, episode seven of Futurama, My Three Sons. But before all that, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Alex Koontz. Alex, how's it going? Hello, Lindsay. It is good. Lindsay, I did the most research I think I've ever done for any of these podcasts when I looked up the both the character name and the voice actor for the guy that does Welcome to the World of Tomorrow, and I tweeted out something about it. Terry. Yes, Terry, in order to beg for, for reviews. Who knows if that guy's even on Cameo? I, I really doubt it, but great Terry impression as always. Yes, as always, incredible. And your pitch seems to have been somewhat working. I saw you tweeted out that Canadians are twice as likely to review <laughs> the podcast of tomorrow as they were to review whatever Simpsons in it now. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that other one, whatever. <laughs> that other one we did for like a year. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and then very misleadingly, I said Americans catch up, even though the Americans are still ahead of the Canadians. Yeah. But Canadians are are reviewing away on. on I mean, honestly, and typically it's like a ten to one situation when you think about population between Canada and America. So you have to think if there are two Canadian reviews, there should be 20 American reviews. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that that is, I've never heard that, <laughs> that figure before, but I'll immediately buy it and go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I was trying to think rapidly as we got on here. I was like, oh, I should have to think of something for Alex. So I can be like, Alex, the something like the stupid names for all the emperors but i can't oh, think sure, of sure, sure. <laughs> alex the dehydrated <laughs> yes that's good yeah <laughs> yeah i couldn't come up with anything my biggest setback or personal fault over the pandemic was that i just got into a groove where i would like not stand up from my desk and not get a glass of water and so by the end of the day i'd just be like a husk of a human actually did we talk on the pod last time i know we talked you and i about your like eight gallons of water or whatever yeah well and yeah Lindsay was very skeptical by the amount of water that i now drink every day where i got one of those big water bottles that shows like oh by like 2 p.m you should be down here it broke it broke last week because i dropped it and the bottom fell out and like water was like (laughs) literally pouring all over my apartment (laughs) flooded the entire downstairs because alex is consuming so much water every day (laughs) anyways how are you Lindsay? what's what's new with you I'm fine. Well hydrated. Just had a large <laughs> glass of water before we came on here. Lindsay, the well, the, the properly hydrated. I feel like I drink an exactly appropriate amount of water. I don't try to drink a nonsensical amount and I am never thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Lindsay, Lindsay is just better than all of us in terms of hydration. <laughs> She's, she's I think I'm just not afraid. <laughs> I feel like everyone is just like, oh, I have to drink so much water and I'm, I'm just not afraid. that worried about it. <laughs> I, I'm very worried about a lot of things, and my water consumption is not one of them. Lindsay's entire ego crumples upon like a three-star review, but <laughs> yeah, it's true. Someone's gonna write in and be like spreading misinformation about how much water you need to drink. One star, but yeah. let me tell you, I'm not. It's the other podcasts that are spreading misinformation. <laughs> this is this is where uh, only facts on the podcast of tomorrow. <laughs> only facts oh that should be our new much more boring version of only fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> only facts <laughs> oh um, man all right new podcast name I was, i'm trying to think of we have to do something other than review futurama on only facts the nerdy <laughs> version of only fans but I, I really do not know what that is <laughs> oh, i'm sure we'll think of something i feel like yeah. it's just like probably people like just wearing a lab coat <laughs> i don't know but... <laughs> It's got to be something still, still sexy about it to make people join, but yeah. I don't know if that's for us. <laughs> yeah, like JSTOR should like change their their whole marketing campaign around that. 
Yes, that's so good. <laughs> yes, incredible. Shout out to JSTAR. <laughs> what is this? What have we become? Oh, God. Anyway, this is a podcast allegedly about Futurama. So my three sons, what did you think? Yeah, I really liked it. Again, we are re- we are doing episodes seven and eight kind of in a block in a re- recording schedule here. And last time we did that, we had like a very character heavy episode of Mom and a planet heavy episode of the robot planet of Kill All the Humans. And I feel like we kind of have the same thing here where this is a very planet focused episode where they go to the water planet or the, the desert mm-hmm. planet where people um, try yes and then the other one is like less planet focused but more like scenario like like sci-fi focused i thought and so yeah it's interesting that i'm starting to like bucket episodes into different categories and i think i really enjoy these like planet focused episodes where i really love the kill all the humans robot planet and then yeah i really like this one as well where they kind of just like i I don't know yeah it feels very star trek they like go to a new planet they deal with new people Mm -hmm. and have you know fun sci-fi adventures there Mm -hmm. yeah i think this is i like the way we have sort of framed it of planet of the week i'm sure that's not an entirely new way of characterizing these episodes but i do think it's a fun way of looking at it where i think I agree with you. Some of the most fun ones we've seen have been Planet of the Week. So (laughs) we'll see if that continues, I guess. Yeah. And it really made me think, again, I'm comparing everything to The Simpsons. It made me think about what were the categories of Simpsons episodes. And it's just like, I guess they did a lot of character stuff of here's a Mm -hmm. Skinner episode or whatever. But yeah, like harder to categorize those episodes where these episodes are so clearly Planet of the Week or Mm sci-fi situation of the week or occasionally character episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I have the feeling that it's less character driven sometimes or fewer of those character heavy episodes, but who can say? <laughs> yeah, those definitely feel like more events, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just on thinking back, I think a lot of the ones that are my favorite episodes involve them going to a new place. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is no different in this case. And I think we should probably just get into the episode. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So there is a very meh cold open, I thought. (laughs) And I would argue, and we'll get into it more next week, but I sort of feel like this is maybe the last actual cold open where the next episode does not feel as much like this. But in this case, it's just like Bender going through the robot wash, singing the car wash song, and that's the whole thing. Yeah, like some jokes of like, oh, this is a robot rather than a car wash where it's like, you know, he has the the windshield wipers over his eyes, like things like that. Mm-hmm. So like some things like that, but yeah, overall very unremarkable. I think of those windshield wipers pretty much every time I go out in the rain and my glasses <laughs> get all covered with water, especially when it's yeah. raining hard. I'm like, oh, this is so annoying to have to keep wiping these off. <laughs> Some true only facts content of I'm such a scientist. <laughs> I, I need a windshield wipers for my glasses. I have to take off my glasses <laughs> yeah. in order to see. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I guess I haven't thought of that. I, I guess maybe I'm not in as like torrential downpours. But for me, it was always the mask situation of like fogging mm. up. I could really use it in that. Yeah, I got contacts for the first time in my life this past November, and really the main benefit that I saw with them was... Saw that I saw with them was (laughs) that my glasses didn't get fogged up. So I'd wear, I found myself wearing them almost exclusively to class when I had to wear my mask for five hours at a time. Right. Are you still a contact user or did you, did you, was it too inconvenient? 
I'll wear them periodically. It took me a long time to get used to them, so I feel like I'm periodically going like, oh, I should probably put these in and make sure I don't forget how. Yeah. And I mostly got them because I wanted to go skiing and oh. wanted to be able to wear goggles, which I'd never done before. It makes a big yeah. difference having those goggles. Yeah. Interesting. I think I, I did contacts for like three months and then eventually stopped doing it because, yeah, I wasn't super comfortable with, comfortable with it and also just like lazy. But yeah, I, I think I did it at like the start of freshman year of college it must have been like it's it's a new me i don't have to be the glasses guy and i was, I was still the same me <laughs> yeah it turns out <laughs> yeah the, so the glasses yeah. were defining everything <laughs> wherever you go there you are yeah <laughs> yeah incredible yeah i got mine and i was really dealing with some past trauma where <laughs> I had tried to get them when I was 13, could oh, wow. not get them out of my eyes, and the optometrist would not let me go home until I managed to get it out of my eye, and I never did, and so she wouldn't let me have them, and I wept with shame. <laughs> oh, no. And that didn't get them out of your eye, the weeping? <laughs> she had to physically remove them from my yeah. eye, and it was very traumatic. And yeah, so anyway, this time I managed to get one out of my eye, and she was like, I'd like to see you do it again. I was like, can I just take them home and learn on my own time. Can, can You're really you just freaking trust me. Out here. Yeah, I'm now that I'm a grown-up, can I just do this myself? So that is what happened. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, that's fine. So the intro dialogue thing in this episode was presented in double vision. We're drunk. Pretty good one. I laughed yeah. at that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then what did you have written for what you thought this cartoon was? I had light bulb idea man. <laughs> I wrote some kind of black and white Popeye. <laughs> did uh, did so. you do the research to to figure <laughs> out what it actually is? So yes. prepared. And what I have written here is more boop lore. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Not more boop lore. Boop Going corner, back to boop back. corner. <laughs> Honestly, boop corner really killed me last time. I, I love boop lore. That's even better. It's so good. Yes, more boop lore. The actual thing that it says on wikipedia is this is grampy from the impractical oh. joker and so professor grampy is an animated cartoon character appearing in the betty boop series of shorts he appeared in nine of the cartoons he's an ever cheerful and energetic senior citizen with a bald dome-shaped head white beard and black nose he puts on his thinking cap a motorboard with a light bulb on top so there we go there's a mm -hmm. uh, what did i put i put light bulb idea man yeah it's yes, all confirmed in Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The light bulb lights up as Grampy explains, sorry, exclaims, hooray, I've got it, and builds a new gadget to solve the problem. And so in this wacky inventor one, the impra Impractical Joker, it was about Betty Boop baking a cake, and then Impractical Joker comes to visit and plays a bunch of pranks on Betty, and she gets Grampy to help, and he makes a bunch of inventions to stop prankster <laughs> you know once once we're done with hugh jackcast once we go through all of hugh jackman's yes. filmography we can go through the 10 the 10 <laughs> films listed in grampy's filmography incredible all, be yes. all between 1935 and 1937 truly prolific <laughs> <laughs> i want to say the voice of grampy probably no longer with us he was also the voice of goofy i thought you were gonna say let's try to get him on cameo <laughs> well that's what i was gonna say i assume he's dead and we can't do that and indeed he went he crossed over in 1967 <laughs> just a few years short of so. cameo yeah just a little bit so he yeah. was pluto and goofy oh a real oh. dog energy yeah the um 
I think it was some some Rob has a podcast podcast that was talking about how one wears pants and one one doesn't. Did you hear this? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. I feel like I've definitely recognized before that Goofy is allowed to be their friend and Pluto has to be the pet, and they're both just dogs. But yes, and the the pants line is the demarcation there of uh, if really you're wearing funny. pants, you can be our pet. Oh, or be, be our friend. Be our friend. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. about like Donald Duck? He, he doesn't wear yeah, pants. Yeah, that's yeah. He's uh, he's the uh, what is it? The counterexample that proves the rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Does Mickey wear pants? I guess he wears shorts. Does Mickey wear pants? <laughs> <laughs> he wears pants, but no shirt, apparently. And there's some uh, Quora questions discussing why he does that. <laughs> Quora, always a mess, honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, all right. That's enough of this. <laughs> We're like 13 minutes into this thing. I think it's fine. Um, we don't know what people want because we get no feedback. So you get this. Uh, honestly, it's great. It's the least stressful podcasting anyone could ever do. We're just yeah. like, you're talking about Betty Boop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is the introduction to Bender liking cooking. We open up on him watching Elzar on TV. I love that we get our first mention of Elzar here. Do you have any memory of Elzar? I, I really didn't. I mean, the, I remember all of these Futurama TV shows that are parroting 20th mm-hmm. century TV shows. I remember always really enjoying it. But yeah, nothing nothing with Elzar stuck, stuck out to me. Yeah. So the thing with Elzar that I always think of is him being like, no, we're going to kick it up a notch. And then he's like, bam! Spice <laughs> yes. weasel. Yeah, I do love the bam. <laughs> Yeah, he's fricasseeing a Neptunian slug and he busts out the spice weasel. Very good. You need to strangle the Neptunian slug yourself. Yes. Yeah. If you want to do it right, you got to strangle a fresh one and then it grows very large and tries to kill him. Yeah. Are you a cooking show kind of person? I'm a great British Bake Off person, but that's all. (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting that Bender was embarrassed by this, which one is like, again, like toxic masculinity stuff of like Mm -hmm. men can't cook, which is a little bit annoying. But I also, I thought of our beloved Survivor of, I think, at least 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot of closeted Survivor fans and feeling embarrassed about watching Survivor. I know I personally (laughs) felt that. So I relate to Bender here. That has come all the way back around. Oh, yeah. Definitely (laughs) shameful again. (laughs) Oh, you think so? No, I think... I think, no, I, I totally disagree because it, it's like the new pandemic show. It's uh, I feel like it's, <laughs> it's much more appropriate to be watching Survivor obsessed and listening to a million podcasts of Survivor. That's maybe embarrassing, mm-hmm. but, you know. Yeah. The last time I went down for a live note at all events for Rabba's podcast. <laughs> you were embarrassed. I was crossing the border with one of my friends and he said to the border guy, the reason for our visit is that we are going to see a live podcast. And the border guy was like, oh, what's it for? And he was like, do you remember the show Survivor? And I could not have been more embarrassed. I bet that border guy over the over the pandemic, I bet that dude is like 15 seasons into Survivor now. <laughs> He's like, I just remember those two wacky kids crossing <laughs> they were the border really going to see a podcast. Yeah. Ugh. That'll be me for uh, Prince Edward Island Con when Lindsay and me and Jeremy are out on Prince Edward Island for some reason. Um, That's right. What is the purpose of your visit? Like (laughs) PEI Con. (laughs) Never heard of it. Yes. Anyway, so (laughs) Bender admits that he likes cooking and he's just too embarrassed to tell anyone. And then this is when Hermes is going to say to him, like, you really are getting paid for nothing here. So you are going to be the cook from now on. This whole first is is this is this bike is this a bike first act bike race first act maybe a little bit because I think it's really all just here to set up that Fry is going to be thirsty later. <laughs> yeah, and that like oh, and you think he's thirsty because Zoid uh, because Bender gives him all the salt. Like, is that the connective yeah. tissue here? 
Yeah, because he's walking across the desert and he's like, ugh, stupid slug. Got it. I think I think the first act disappeared from my brain 30 seconds into <laughs> landing on the planet. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think this will come back later in other episodes of Bender being a cook or wanting to cook. Okay. And this is kind of the first of that. But I definitely agree. It's quite a long way to go to set up the salty slug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Anyway, I, I also liked Hermes having a sign that says chewing in progress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that, too. So he decides to go to little Neptune to get himself a Neptunian slug. And at the same time that this is going on, Fry is just like, keeps finding himself in situations that Leela doesn't approve of. And she's really having to remind him that he needs to be more careful. And he doesn't appreciate her condescending to him this way. Yes, constantly being taken advantage of the like, I really love the guy in the alleyway selling organs from a trench coat. And he's selling a Z-ray eye, which is two better (laughs) than an X-ray eye. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's so good. And I also really enjoy that when Bender is trying to get a hold of the slug, he's like, you want a purple one or a yellow one? He's like, I don't care. He's like, well, the purple one causes terrible nightmarish diarrhea. It's like, oh yeah, whatever's fine. And the, the guy does helpfully give him a yellow one. So that's good. I <laughs> didn't know appreciate that. It, I'm sure. Yes. I, I had written down the the second occasion of Fry getting taken advantage by the trench coat guy. Yes. He tries to sell his lungs for a pair of gills. And the guy says, I take lungs now. Gills come next week. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. And he's like, so if, you, if you're getting gills, then you probably don't need your lungs anymore. And Fry's just like, I don't see why I would. <laughs> Yes. And he also gets mad at Leela when Leela intervenes here. He's like, Do you ever think I might be happier with gills? <laughs> yeah. This, this guy kind of, maybe it was the X-ray Z-ray joke, but it reminded, this guy reminded me of the put it in H driver from mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Also similar yes. accent, but letter-based yes. Russian accent uh, triggered something <laughs> in my brain. What is it? It's like it goes some however many kilometers in a single hectare. <laughs> yes, exactly. Put it in H. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So Professor Fernsworth then tells them that they are going to Trisol. And according to the Futurama wiki, this is the first use of good news, everyone. Oh, look at that. Nice. Yes. Should we keep a counter? Maybe. I feel like that already exists, probably, yeah, but pro- we, can, probably we can try it. Exists. It's at one. Give us feedback about whether you want to counter. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can we can count it going forward. We may have missed one. But yes, Trisol is in the depths of the Forbidden Zone in the Galaxy of Terror. These are all just names. Yes. You don't have to be worried about it. <laughs> just like the Death Zone or the Zone of No Return. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so they're on the ship and Leela's being very much like... This is the first time Bender's ever cooked for us. Let's be nice to him. And we see Bender has cooked this slug and then he just pours salt all over it until it <laughs> deflates like a balloon. <laughs> yes, the the water is more salt with water in it. Yes. <laughs> yes, and he said that was 10% less than a lethal dose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very generous. Yeah, I remember as a child, so this is a weird thing, and we'll put it in a time and place where I'm really dating myself on this. (laughs) One of the few things I was able to find in my youth, because the internet was so bad, you could periodically, instead of finding entire episodes of Futurama, you could find just clips of funny lines from the show. And one of the ones that I really enjoyed was, that's the saltiest thing I've ever tasted, and I won't say it a big heaping bowl of salt. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good line. That's a good, like, dumb fry line. Yes, pretty good. When when it comes to food lethality, I, I really love clementines and oranges and, and citruses in general. And I remember wild college story in the, <laughs> the sophomore year of college. I remember walking past my roommate's laptop and he had a tab open that was just a Google search for how many clementines is too many clementines because he was discreetly <laughs> concerned for my health. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Like what's the opposite of scurvy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The answer was like 800 for an infant, so we figured that I was safe. 800. That's so I mean, many. Yeah. Well, let's let's do it now. How many clementines? 800 segments or 800 entire <laughs> That's a good ones? question. Yeah. I also love, just love the phrasing of the of the Google query of how many clementines is too many clementines. <laughs> <That's> very good. <laughs> yeah. So we'll come back with clementine facts if I can find this, but let's let's keep okay. going. <laughs> okay. Yes. So anyway, so Leela is like, all right. Obviously, they all hate this food, and Leela's like, all right. Go, Fry, go deliver this package. This is my first visit to the Galaxy of Terror, and I'd like to be a pleasant one. And Fry, again, is very pissed and is like, I know how to do this. I've been delivering things since before you were born. I know what I'm doing. And he immediately forgets the package. Yes. Um, the joke of what this package is is particularly good. I really laughed when it is finally revealed what Fry is delivering. Yes, agreed. I like it a lot, too. And so Fry is, again, he's just watching, walking along in the desert waiting for the sun to go down complaining about the slug which you have forgotten <laughs> yes <laughs> was not paying attention i was thinking about star wars i was writing down like this is tatooine and then was gonna i was writing down my joke about like oh we're gonna see this planet for the next like 80 percent of the series because <laughs> that's what they're doing with tatooine these days tatooine plus one sun <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> it's one better than Tatooine. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the sun goes down and then a new sun comes up and it's even worse. Yeah. And so Fry is now set up to be incredibly thirsty and he sees this mysterious blue liquid on the throne and he drinks it and it turns out he has consumed the emperor. <laughs> yes. Unclear why the emperor was just sitting in the in the bottle. Maybe that's like their their bed. Maybe he was sleeping. That's a good call because I have in my notes why is this how they choose to store the emperor? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like every every other being that we see on this planet is just walking around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we do see some people in cups sometimes. Mm -hmm, that's true. Yeah. But it, it's funny. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. He just looks so cool and refreshing. And the guards are like, I'm sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very clever. I mean, again, like just really fun sci-fi of planet of water people and yeah like I, I don't know this is everything that i want from an episode of futurama is just like interesting situation interesting set of aliens and then like good jokes to go along with all that yes agreed and well first of all fry is named the emperor for, con for <laughs> consuming the previous one yes. and then they find out that the package that was supposed to be delivered just says please do not drink the emperor <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wrote down that fry looks so happy on the throne um, so happy so relaxed yeah yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, this package arrived just in time." <laughs> Fry also has to pick his like new his new chief of staff, or I guess the new prime minister. And mm -hmm. I love the like extremely bureaucratic, very qualified alien. And Fry just chooses Bender over him. Mm -hmm. He's like, "You know, Fry, I've always dreamt of being a prime minister. Gotta go with Bender." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I also wrote down the good line from Lila where she's like, after I specifically asked you not to touch anything, you drank a bottle of strange blue liquid. It could, it could have been poisonous acid. And he says it could, but chances were equally likely that it was an emperor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very good. So yes. And then the rest of the crew all just kind of hangs out with Fry and it is determined that he is going to have to recite this very long oath and he has to do it perfectly from memory. And if he messes up, then I think they kill him or something. It certainly seems very serious if they kill him. Mm hmm. Yes, agreed. And in my notes I have, I my main question about a ceremony is also, will there be cake? Because that is all Fry is concerned about. <laughs> Yeah, I really love the the gala that happens or gala gala that happens gala. before the ceremony. I feel like you said it in a way, a third way. <laughs> gala gala. What did you say? Gala. Gala. It's probably gala. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> One of the ways. 
Um, big party. <laughs> I love the big party before the ceremony. The stand-up routine <laughs> reminds me of, of the stand-up that Homer's watching of what's the deal with people under the mm-hmm. orange sun. They're like this. Us yes. guys under the red sun are like this. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yes, very good. And during this party, Leela is trying to warn Fry and is being like, oh, most of these emperors were drunk at their own coronation. He's like, I plan on having a few brewskis <laughs> yeah. myself. Very dumb. Very good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, like she seems very worried that he's going to be consumed. But also, if they don't have any other means of killing him, I don't know if he needs to be that worried about this. Are you getting tired of Fry is dumb and Leela like threatens to not help him but then ends up helping him like are you getting tired of that dynamic we've seen that so many times already and it's just like that's kind of every episode (laughs) yeah i guess i hadn't really thought about it yeah i mean in the last episode she i I feel like she's kind of the lisa here right where she's always going to be the show's moral compass or the one who gets them out of all of these problems and I think they will take their foot off the gas a little bit in terms of Fry is stupid, but they, I don't think they move that far away from Leela is the only competent person here. <laughs> right. I, for me, it's not even that she's the only competent one, but it's like, I don't think that there is like a clear moral or clear narrative to any of these things. Like, I, I couldn't tell you what makes Leela change her mind about Fry this time as opposed to change her mind about the, him on Robot Planet. Like, it's all just mm-hmm. like kind of the same and kind of mixed together. Which... Is she mad at him on Robot Planet? I think she's just mad at Bender on that one, right? Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. I what? Where else has she been mad at him? Nibbler's Planet was another Planet episode that we had. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm blowing it into a situation that isn't actually happening yet. But I think yeah, I think a general one. She gets mad at him for right. regressing so much. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I I think my my general feeling that I'm having is like I feel like. For a Simpsons, ep- for really good Simpsons episodes, I can tell you like what the conflict is and how it is resolved. Like I'm thinking like Lisa the vegetarian or something where it's like, oh, that's a conflict between Lisa and Homer. And like Homer, you know, goes to the quickie mark and quickie mart and sings with Paul McCartney and then it gets resolved <laughs> and then apologizes to Lisa. And for these, it's just like a little bit of like a bunch of jokes are happening. And then by the end of it, it's back like Leela forgives him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. I think that's a fair criticism and something for us to keep an eye on. Yeah. And there's an incredible interaction here that I think is among the interactions Jeremy and I had the most in high school, (laughs) where I'm going to try to do this from memory, but Fry is like, have I ever told you the story of the grasshopper and the octopus (laughs) or whatever? It's like, all, what is it again? I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like, all summer long the grasshopper is gathering his acorns to prepare for winter (laughs) while the octopus just hung out with his girlfriend and then when winter came the grasshopper died and the octopus ate all his acorns and also he got a race car is any of this getting through to you (laughs) that was a bit that you and jeremy did all the time wow and also he got a race car I just love that it's the grasshopper storing acorns. Yes, it's so good. And then he ends it with, go gather your nuts, you nagging grasshopper. (laughs) So Jeremy will critique my performance of that. But (laughs) Jeremy, come on the podcast. What are you doing? (laughs) I think maybe we can get him for our next recording session where we will talk about the Hell is Other Robots episode because there's a lot of singing in that. And I feel like Jeremy does well in a singing episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so at the coronation ceremony, Fry has just scribbled the entire oath on his arm. Like there was a point when he's talking <laughs> yeah. to Leela. He's like, yeah, I planned on like thumbing through that later. <laughs> yeah. And this is where as the sun is setting, everyone starts glowing and the emperor inside of Fry starts glowing. <laughs> I love that Berg's solution here is to spin him in a giant centrifuge, but that unfortunately will break all of Fry's bones and Zoidberg always mm-hmm. forgets about the bones. <laughs> Right, with the bones. Yeah, and I do like that Fry, this is one of those things where Homer is sometimes smart about things that you wouldn't expect him to be, where Fry just gets that a centrifuge is going to try to separate it, like the liquids and the solids. He's like, all right, it's going to crush my bones. He just knows that. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, and the emperor is talking through it all of this and is like no i refuse to be drifted with somebody's armpit i don't really want him to vomit or urinate either (laughs) my favorite so far is the bone crushing one (laughs) yeah emperor very pro pro bone crushing yes indeed and through it all of this the liquid people water people are trying to get in and get at fry so they can get the emperor out of him and they're like throwing themselves at the door like the veneer is starting to peel (laughs) yeah just splashing against the door making absolutely (laughs) no progress Yes. And so Bender calls Leela to try to get her to intervene. And she's like, why would I help this guy? And doesn't really say anything to indicate that she's going to come rescue Fry. But she does tell Bender that she likes his in your face attitude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Bender in your face attitude. I also love Fry's line of Leela won't help me. She's still mad. I I told her to never, never help me. Yes, it's very good. <laughs> and they're trying to make Fry cry at one point, and Bender is like, I got this, don't worry, and he just makes everyone else cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says something awful to Amy, he makes Zoidberg cry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he does manage to get Fry to start crying by pretending that Leela is getting killed by the water people outside. And Fry's like, oh God, this can't be happening, and Bender goes... It can, and for all you know, it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're putting her on the juicer that they uh, that they rolled out mm-hmm. on, like a a big like war machine, basically. Yes, it, it is good from the emperor too, where he's like, they're going to use this like juicinator or whatever, which will allow them to strain my juices out while extracting the pulp. By which I mean your shredded remains. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of noted that as something that I thought that you might like. It's I it's did. very uh, to shreds, you say. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, they start just kicking the hell out of Fry, and he cries and gets the emperor out, and then the emperor beats up fry for a little while and that's the end of the episode i've i've never suffered a terrible beating but i don't think i would like actively (laughs) cry during it yeah i don't know it seems hard to say i feel like you would just be wailing in agony i don't know if you just start sobbing yeah i guess i guess i'd probably cry a little bit but yeah just more wailing in agony and and Mm. like passing out from (laughs) physical pain so that's the episode one of the segments we want to try is winners and losers of the episode or like mvp lvp i don't know what we're thinking who's the what do you how do we want to frame this winner and loser yeah let's do mvp lvp let me create a google sheet real quick so we can track this over time yeah what what do you have for let's let's do mvp first what are you thinking okay so let me see i had considered I'm doing this on the fly. I had considered Fry because he becomes the emperor in this episode and it works out reasonably well for a minute. But given how it ends, I think probably not Fry. I want to say maybe Bender is the MVP here. And it's because he gets a new job that is doing something he's passionate about, even if he sucks at it. He Mm -hmm. gets to be the prime minister (laughs) to an emperor (laughs) and no one beats him up and he gets to kind of save the day by calling Lila and he gets a nice compliment from his friend. He does do very well. Yeah, he gets he gets fry to initially cry he 
helps Lila out. He gets to be prime minister. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. I was gonna go with the the aliens of the planet of the week. I thought were were big winners here. They their emperor is not killed, still mm-hmm. alive somehow, and. I guess that's it. I mean, you had you had much stronger justification than I did. I, I was just thinking <laughs> that they were funny. Good team building amongst them where they get to work together to peel the veneer and they, also they get the juicinator going. Yeah, they siege a city. Like, they're able to mm-hmm. break through the, the walls of a city. They get the juicinator out. Yeah. And it's successful. They're, they're fine. Does anything awful <laughs> happen to them at the end? Like, in the last 10 seconds, you know, is... Is there some joke uh, that... I mean, Layla kicks a lot of them, but I don't get the impression that they die forever. I just think Layla they just reassemble them. themselves. They had a beautiful gala. Gala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gala. gala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my LVP is going to be Gorgak. <laughs> okay. And Gorgak is the guy who gets passed over as prime minister. <laughs> okay, right. Gorgak, ex-prime minister. Yes. Yeah, please write that down because I will not remember. Yeah. <laughs> he gets passed over. He shows up later in the episode. Like, he has he has a line later. Do you remember what he says, like, when he shows up again? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't either. He shows up again, but it doesn't do a particularly good job. I just love when Bender gets picked to be the PM, and he's like, in your face, Gorgak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. I want to say Zoidberg, but Zoidberg is like never effective. Like I want to say Zoidberg because all his solutions involve murdering his crew and friends and is just being a terrible doctor altogether. But that's gonna be a lot of negative Zoidberg points. So he like puts his little tentacle thing in the hole in the door. Which that's true. Made me think he... of the. It made me think of that like story about the little Dutch boy who like puts his finger in the dam or whatever. Dam, you know that yeah, story. Back. I don't, <laughs> yeah. but I, I I know the concept of a dam like leaking. Yeah. It's like the little kid who sticks his finger in there and he stays all night and then he's a hero for saving wow. the town. Okay. I mean, MVP of that story. So that's a good point. <laughs> Maybe Fry being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, fair. I'll, I'll go Fry being a jerk, drinking the emperor without thinking. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the crap kicked out of at the end as a consequence. So. I will say Bender caused all this with the very salty fish. True. It's a good call. So, but he's uh, learning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's there's MVP, LVP. Great. And then our other segment is going to be a future-focused episode where we make Alex predict the future. You've already watched the next episode, so I made you commit ahead of time to having journalistic integrity and yes. t- writing down what you thought the episode would be about before you watched it. So, Alex, first of all, did you do that? I did do that. <laughs> okay. Perhaps very brief. I wrote down three words and one symbol of punctuation. <laughs> Great. So this episode coming up is called A Big Ball of Garbage. Yes. A big ball of garbage or a big piece of garbage? A big piece of garbage. Big piece of garbage. Yes, and I had written down Old New York. I thought this might have been the first episode where they like dive into the underground of Old New York. I know that they do a lot of, or I know that they do that sometimes. And yeah, thinking about a big piece of garbage, I guess, very applicable to New York City. Yes, incredible. Well, we will find out in a few minutes for us and <laughs> a while for you if Alex was right. But in the meantime, you can get in touch with us in a couple of different ways. Yes, we have email if you want to write in some email feedback, podoftomorrow at gmail.com. And then you can also follow us on Twitter at the same handle, I guess, at podoftomorrow. <laughs> rate and review us. Rate and review. We are, if we combine Canadian and US ratings, we have four US ratings and two Canadian ratings. Is that right? That's right. Um, so six out of 50 on our way to um, to getting a cameo. That's right. That's right. I haven't checked any of the other countries. It's possible that we are beloved in Singapore or something, but 
That is, that is true. And then I know that like our good friend Tim is rated us on his his podcatcher of choice and that kind of stuff. So maybe we'll have to find a way to aggregate all of these ratings somehow. Yes, we might have to do that. But yeah. yes, in the meantime, you can also hear more from me over on BoJack HorsePod. We are in the home stretch of BoJack Horseman. And then it's on to the next thing. Alex, is there anything you want to plug? No, I got nothing. How's, how's BoJack going? I know that you recorded everything. Are you excited for it all to be to be recorded? Yeah, we finished the finale this past weekend. It won't come out for listeners for almost a month, but we yeah. have recorded everything. We recorded a really great episode that came out this past Tuesday for people who are listening with the incredible grace leader and that episode was really great we are in for a lot of very heavy episodes in the next four weeks but they're all very good in my was it was it just you and kirsten for the finale yes nice that's that's nice that's like you know closing the book Mm -hmm. on it together that's right yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) we that was the plan all along no (laughs) guest so yes yeah so check out those things and we will see you next week for season one episode eight a big piece of garbage cool see you later (laughs) 